Welcome to episode 13 of That's What B Said, brought to you by Fansided. I am your host, Brittany Mollis, and I'm joined by the super talented Meredith Cabe at MK on Sports. How are you, Meredith? I'm doing great, Brittany. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just peachy. <laughs> um, Brie <laughs> is off tonight, so we invited someone very special to fill in. Uh, please welcome back our very dear friend Caitlin from Crunch Time with Caitlin. Caitlin, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm uh, excited to be here. I'm. Am I the righty out of the bullpen, or am I just like one of the utility players off the bench? Am I, am I the Jamie? Am I the Jamie Carroll of of the That's What B Said? Is that a baseball player? That is a baseball player. <laughs> Listen, Brittany stopped watching baseball in 1997. Like that's what you have to remember. Wait, hold on. No, in 2010. Okay, actually, okay. no. I watched in 2013. I watched. Um, well, no, I watched a little bit in 2016 too, and 2017. But like, you know, I was only I wasn't devoted anymore. I haven't been devoted so I, for a long time. So I should have said Mike Avila's son. Yes. That remember Mike Avila's calves? <laughs> Do you guys remember that? Remember the Twitter account dedicated to it? There was a Twitter for it. Yeah. Oh, my, oh Caitlin, God. was it yours? It was Did not you mine. run the Mike Avila's was, calves Twitter? It was not. It was not mine because at the time I was just feuding with Indians Twitter at that point. <laughs> Do you still? With, like, you do. Indi- Indians Twitter feuds with Indians Twitter. Oh, like God. people on Indians Twitter could literally agree with each other and still be at each other's throats. Like it is a phenomenon. Yeah, it's like everyone needs to outsmart everyone. Like everyone has to be the smartest person in the room when it comes to baseball Twitter. That's what I it, That's what it is. Yeah, and then <laughs> they try to act like they're smarter than the analytics team that actually works for the Indians. Yes, or like if you don't get one thing exactly correct, like if you're in the ballpark, pun intended, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You have to be like exact with saying things. And it's just like, my God, I can't imagine how these people have any real life friends. Like I, they are unbearable as humans. I just like seeing the world burn, you know what I mean? So... <laughs> I actually That's why we love you. There is baseball in the rundown tonight because Caitlin and I have to settle something. I'm excited. So excited. We're calling it the great debate. And it's, oh, a, it's a doozy. I, for- I forgot to pop my popcorn. Yeah, well, it's Meredith, okay. you know, we're going to need you to... Actually, you could be the tiebreaker here. Okay. I've got <gasps> rice cakes. I can, like, I can use my rice cakes instead of popcorn. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, first things first... You know, obviously, we have to talk about Coach of the Year, Kevin Stefanski. Um, over the weekends, which I did, they have a ceremony because I was so busy relaxing on Saturday that I didn't even watch anything. Did, was there like an actual ceremony? Ceremony, sort of. So they had a TV show. I guess they they put it on TV, but then everyone did their uh, their thanks virtually. So there was literally like. Uh, it almost looked like a hologram, but it was just like the um, oh my god from the ch- it was like from the chest up cutout of Kevin Stefanski like in the corner holding the award, saying his thanks. It was very weird. Like the NFL got a lot of things right with doing things virtually this year, but the 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 NFL honors like I just I couldn't do it. I was like, you know what? I I'm just gonna. I'm going to look at the results when they come out because, you know, everyone is tweeting them as they're coming out. That's why I didn't watch anything. I was watching something stupid. Probably Mindy. 
and um, I was just like I mean, refreshing. <laughs> I was I always watch better than projects. the NFL honor. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, you know, I'll see it when it comes through on the on the the Twitter, and it did, and you know, of course, I jumped all over it. Um, oh yeah. But I I want to talk about what an incredible achievement this is, given the circumstances. So. Number one, he joined a historically terrible franchise as a rookie head coach. Uh, he did it in a shortened offseason due to COVID. There were no preseason games, limited in-person practice, COVID difficulties throughout the season. There was all new staff, all new players. Led them to a 12-4 and regular season record and into the second round of the playoffs. So I got to ask you guys, and I'll let you both answer, um, what do we think made Kevin Stefanski so successful here? Uh, Meredith, you can go first. I think the biggest thing was the culture change. Um, so I, I, there, I was told this thing, this thing by someone who used to play offensive line for the 49ers. And he told me, and this has stuck with me that when he got to the 49ers, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan came in and he said the culture was like changed the minute he walked in the room because that was kind of a sloppy, disorganized, um, you know, locker room was lost kind of culture out in San Francisco. And then they hired Kyle Shanahan and he was like the minute that guy walked in the room, like you knew it was time to work. And I think that's what Kevin Stefanski brought to the Browns. Like he walked in and everyone's like, Oh, like he just commanded respect. He got the players to buy in to his system. And I think that's probably the most important part is that the players believed him and wanted to play for him. And yeah, mm -hmm. just this entire culture shift went from, you know, these loser Owen 16 Browns to look out. They could be in the Super Bowl within the next year or two. I mean, and, the, and that's what happened to the 49ers. Like they went to the Super Bowl. So I just, I have so much hope for this team and I'm so excited and I'm so glad that we were right about Kevin Stefanski. This is just like, I, I don't ever want to stop taking victory laps about Kevin Stefanski. Do we ever have to? Like, no. I'm just going to keep doing it until I die, I think. <laughs> like, here's the thing. When the Browns win the Super Bowl, we should be leading the parade. Yes. Like, like why not? We right? earned that right. We earned it. I know. The, the people who were pro-Kevin St Stefanski from day one. From day zero, from like even before he was hired, that was all of our even choice. Before. Caitlin, quite, were you like Team Stefanski from the beginning or was there someone else that was your favorite for the job? So I went back and, you know, looked at all my tweets and I was Team Josh McDaniels, but I was like, if we're just going to bring him in, he's going to bring in his own guy and mm -hmm. you're going to have alignment when it comes to Josh McDaniels. Now, obviously, if you bring in Kevin Stefanski, Paul DePodesta uh, finally gets his guy. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. he wanted Sean McDermott the first time uh, in Buffalo. He wanted Stefanski. Or <clears throat> when Hugh Jackson was fired, uh, mm -hmm. McDermott went to Buffalo. Um, he wanted Stefanski the year before. He obviously lost that power struggle to John Dorsey. So, Ugh. you know, I was, <laughs> I was all for I, – I was just for alignment. Like, can we all get, you know, to – you know, or can we get to the same – can we go the same direction, please? You know what I mean? And I think yes. that kind of picking, uh, piggybacking off of what Meredith said, uh, just the trust between front office and head coach, the trust mm -hmm. between head coach and his staff. I mean, mm -hmm. think of any other team losing their head coach 
in their first playoff game in 17 years, however however long it was. Mm-hmm. We lost count. And you go out there, <laughs> you go out there, and for the first time in 16 years, you win, you beat a division rival, you beat basically one of the gold standards of the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> without your head coach, but because everybody's, you know, working, everybody has the same goals. Everybody's going, you know, they know what they're doing and it sounds so stupid but that's how low the bar is in Cleveland (laughs) (laughs) I mean I mean and then you look even 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 when the bye week came the change with the offense you know putting Baker in more uh you know comfortable sets and actually you know building building upon uh, a passing game with Alex Van Pelt I mean it's just you know, that that's the biggest key I think and I think that was the the main key for for all the success was you know you have these guys they finally you know you you have alignment you have everybody working towards one goal you know there is no yes. alternative motive you know eventually hopefully you know you hope your guys like Joe Woods or or um or uh, Alex Van Pelt will get a head coaching opportunity in the future but you know nobody's you know, we, we don't have a Todd Haley situation trying to backdoor get a head coaching job while he's co- while he's working for Hugh Jackson, you know, and calling that offense. And then you end up having, you know, both of them fired. And I mean, we all know the story, but it's Those finally really were all... the days, though, weren't they? Like, that was so much fun to live through. <laughs> you want you know, to I, I like even said, You know, it's funny. I even said, like, I I, I missed the the chaos of like a head coaching search. <laughs> You know, like who's who are we interviewing today? Oh, is this guy gonna fit what we have? Do we need a court? We don't need a quarterback. We, we could just sit back. We are like yeah, it's one like of what do we do? We just talk about the ten draft. teams. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, at just, this point, we don't even need to talk about the draft because the Browns don't even pick until twenty six. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, we talk about like what, and of course what the draft is in Cleveland. Yeah, the draft is in Cleveland this year. It's oh, man, I really hope that uh, things are like pandemic wise are are calmed down by then because it's just. I think one of the tough things with going after, um, was it Nashville last year or was it Vegas last year? It was I think, Vegas last year. Right. So it was Nashville the year before that. So I think one of the things that made me nervous about holding the draft in Cleveland is that Nashville was literally a party. Um, I think my favorite thing about the Nashville draft was like all the bachelorette parties that, yes, you know, they, these women don't watch football. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not, it's, you know, it's not your thing. But they, like, weren't aware <laughs> that the draft was that weekend. So they scheduled their bachelorette party. And then, like, the entire Broadway, which is where all the honky-tonks are, is just completely shut down <laughs> for the draft. And, like, And it's funny. They probably just thought, like, oh, these prices are expensive because it's Nashville. <laughs> yeah, exactly. know that it's because of the NFL draft. Everything skyrocketed. Exactly. So the part that made me nervous for it being in Cleveland is that Nashville was a crazy party and Las Vegas was a crazy party. And I was worried that whoever is organizing the activities for Cleveland would try to top that. And I and the thing is, is that Cleveland is such a different city than Mm -hmm. Vegas. It is such a different city than Nashville that the way you make it great is to make it uniquely Cleveland, because I think that's one of the things that made the all star game when the when. Uh, Major League Baseball did their all-star game here in like what 2018 2019 like that was such a phenomenal weekend because Major League Baseball did everything they could to make it unique 
to Cleveland. And so that's what I wanted to see or what I want to see out of this NFL draft. Like people are because people are going to compare it to the year before. Like, oh, my God, this is what it was like in Nashville. And like Cleveland isn't Nashville. Like you're not going to walk down the street on a Wednesday night and be able to play Count the Bachelorette party, which we used to do when I lived in Nashville. Like my my friends and I, we would go to a bar and we would take like extra shots every time a new Bachelorette party walked in. Um, we only played that game once because we almost wound up in the hospital. But, like, yeah, <laughs> it's like Nashville's the bachelorette party and bachelor party, too. Like, I don't think I used my dating. Like, I was not swiping on Bumble because every time I would swipe on a guy, it was just someone in town for a bachelor party. Like, it was annoying. So, oh my gosh, Caitlin, have you ever yeah. used Bumble? No comment. <laughs> have you ever used tinder or any dating app no. at all no hmm. well me neither mm-hmm. no actually i was on something for like 12 hours once but literally after 12 i've done, hours, I've I done like, that I do i've this. done that and i was like what are we doing yes like we're just gonna like, stop. oh no yeah oh my god so i so i have hinge um <laughs> and you get notifications when someone swipes on you on hinge but at some point the app like logged me out and I don't remember my username or password and I don't really give a shit, but I keep getting notifications of people like matching and sending me comments. I'm like, I can't see it. I can't log in. <laughs> like, I don't care. Oh, gosh. All right, ladies, we need to take a break to talk about something very important. Are you ready? Oh, so ready. Are you ready, Caitlin? I'm just waiting here. She's okay. terrified. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a chat about a little thing called romance. <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up. Don't you want to surprise your lady with something smooth? Something you know you do. S- <laughs> something sensual. Something she'll want to tell her girlfriends about. And you know we will. It is time for Manscaped, fellas. Support for That's What B Said is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. 20% 20% off plus free shipping with the code BSAID at manscaped.com. Ladies, you want to hear a little bit more about Manscaped? Let's Are do you it. ready? Absolutely. Oh my okay, God, I'm I have so some ready. Information. Keep, I have some information yeah. for all of you. All right. So, Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. There were two before it. There were two before it. I guess they weren't, you know, they needed a third. So we had multiple. Is it it shaped like a lawnmower? What if? (laughs) (laughs) So, there's third third generation balls. Let me get through this, please. We need to get through this. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light. I mean, you really have to see what you're doing there. Whoa! You don't want to miss a spot, okay? And that LED light. (laughs) The LED light is going to help you so you don't miss a spot. Because nothing is worse than just a patch that you missed. That would be like the Drew Gooden patch. Remember when he had that patch in the back of his head? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
Okay, so with the LED light, it provides a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. And don't use the same trimmer you use on your face as your balls. That's just nasty. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver. These names are killing me. I just like, I'm picturing a weed whacker with an LED light. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Yes, your balls do stink. Yeah, they do. So Manscaped threw in two free gifts into their perfect package, a pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day, and a travel shed bag to store all your grooming goodies. Trim that junk of yours, guys. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BSAID at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code BSAID. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right. All right. So what you're I'm saying not- is you could look like Eric Snow, Drew Gooden, <laughs> or Scott Pollard? Is that is that what we're is that what you're basically talking about? The range, Caitlin. The range. I mean, it's important. Like I'm sure those boxers are super important because I, I mean I don't know about you ladies, but. Uh, when you when you wax something, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you take care of it so you don't get ingrowns. So if you got these nice flowy boxers, after you trimmed your balls, it'll it'll help with uh, avoiding ingrowns Ooh, on your balls. You know. I, I you know see, what? the more you know. I didn't know about any of this. Oh you know, yeah! Congratulations to you guys because every giant podcast has this ad. So good for you guys getting that bread. Giant. Woo! <laughs> Do your thing. I was supposed you know to I mean? read that in a minute or less, so that went about four minutes over, over what it was I mean, supposed to. I mean, we we're just we are giving them. They paid for sixty seconds, and yeah. we gave them four. So we are generous. A lot of good stuff in that one. Yes. All right, all right, all right. Back to Browns. So, what do you guys think the Cleveland Browns have to do to experience repeated success next season, Caitlin? Um. I'm going to let you sound get off it. in a second, too. Uh, <laughs> this get, might tie get, in. Get better, get better players on defense. Get, play, go, get better go, players go, on go. defense. Get it, I get mean, it, get it. It's just that, it's just that simple. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, was, it was rough. And, you know, I think we all called it. The, the one issue, the, the one thing that was going to hold this team back was the defense, and that's exactly what happened. So, just Okay, so quick question, sucks. though, before we get to Meredith's answer, because I have this, and it's just like a nice transition right now. I was going to let you sound off about the Browns defense because this has been like a, a talking point between us, you know, between me and you or you and Bree or whoever, like all season. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, I think it was a couple weeks ago, like probably right after the Browns season ended, we were getting into whether Joe Woods should um, be given another year or not. And you are on, you're firmly on the camp that, you know, that's probably not the best idea, correct? Yeah. Um, at the time, see, this is my thought process. Historically awful anything should get you fired. The Browns gave up 
27 out of 32 chances on fourth down conversions. Their defense. That is that is ridiculous. Like, I don't understand how... Like, I understand not having the players, right? And mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I say, hey, you know, you can fire him this year because, you know, I, I looked at the roster from that last game against the Chiefs. There are s- only seven players that I expect to be back week one next year. I expect Garrett, obviously, Ward, Harrison, Taki Taki, uh, Jacob Phillips, um, uh, Adrian Claiborne, and potentially Sheldon Richardson. He's got to take a, a, a pay cut. Um, he's due like $13.3 million. So they got to restructure mm-hmm. that somewhere because it's, it's just not going to happen, especially with the lower cap this year. Um, so you have kind of this built-in excuse if you wanted to, to say, you know what, we just didn't like what we saw. But, I mean, I also understand, like, you know, it was a tough year. You had a lot of injuries. I mean, just it's just frustrating because it was either, uh, to me, there's two answers to the defensive, the, the, the defensive uh, problem with, from last year. It was one, was the scheme not good enough for, um, was, was the scheme not just good enough? Did they not really adjust to what they had, you know, um, with the injuries and, and all that stuff? Or was it that Andrew Barry just didn't do a good job, you know, building enough depth <gasps> and put too many uh, put too many eggs dare. in the in the greedy Williams in the in the Grant Delpit basket, and I I, I don't know. I mean that's that's it's just tough. It's just tough. But how I mean, much I see, different? I don't want to fire would, him. I, I mean, ideally, would have been if like San, if if Sandeo wasn't the guy, you know, if they actually had like guys that were supposed to be there, guys that were supposed to be on the field every Sunday, what if they were there? And you, do you think Joe Woods would have done a good job with it? Or do you just think there's a problem with him? I think, well, the, uh, well, that's the question, you know. It, and I guess that's what the Browns are just banking on. Hey, you know, it was just, you know, you're missing some key guys. But it's also like, why are we putting so much weight in Grant Delpit, a second-round rookie? You know, why is he, he did, the yeah, be-all end-all to our team? You know, yeah. why why is our linebacking core BJ Goodson and fifty one and a rookie <laughs> of Jacob won, Phillips and and, and 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 Taki Taki, you know, like You forgot about like two it, three. Yeah. Well, you know, I was I was getting there. I was okay. getting there. He he's he's part of the I never want to see him on the field ever again. Um <laughs> but that, <laughs> But it but it's just like, you know, it, it took it took fifty one getting hurt in late in training camp for them to just bring in a veteran like Malcolm Smith. You know, mm-hmm. it, it unfortunately they didn't get Andrew Billings because he opted out and he would have been a, a, a big help on the defensive line, especially on early downs um, when it comes to the running game. And I think if you give the Browns offense mulligans for the Raiders game, Houston, and the Eagles, well, then you, you kind of have to criticize – you know, the, the defense, and you got to think, well, that defense isn't as good because, I mean, imagine a, a nice, beautiful day and they're going up against Deshaun Watson and and uh, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. Like, like they couldn't stop anybody. It, it really did take those bad weather games um, to, to, to win, you know, you know just, just to win the game. And then you have a game like, you know, Vegas where – they come into your house and play your style of football 
and just run right into you. And you get basically get blown out that game. You lose the time of possessions. You give up close to, t- you know, 250 rushing yards on the ground. I mean, that was your type of game. And, you know, I mean, Vegas, I mean, Josh Jacobs is good. Booker, their backup type or backup running back is good. But, I mean, that's the game that you expect to win. So. I've already forgotten every single thing about the Raiders. Like, I don't even – everything. That that might be, like, the most forgettable team in the NFL, I think. And, like, we lost. Yeah, we lost. So, <laughs> Pretty I, badly, okay. too. So I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to give Joe Woods one more year, and the reason okay. why is because this team is is very young, and there's a lot of really good years ahead of them. Like if we were looking at this team and saying, okay, the window is closing to make it to a Super Bowl to potentially win a Super Bowl, I would say probably fire Joe Woods right now. But the window is just opening. Like I know the Browns are going to have to worry mm-hmm. about. Baker Mayfield's contract and Nick Chubb's contract and Denzel Ward's contract. Like they're going to have to worry about that all at the same time, but they do have the option to franchise tag Baker. If they're not ready to give him a long-term contract, like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to be very good for at least another five years. Um, You know, Denzel Ward still same class as Baker. So it's just like the, the, the star key players on the team are young and they're like, and they're hungry. So I don't look at this as the Browns have one or two more years. I would say at this point, the Browns window for making it and winning a Super Bowl is probably up to five years. And so that's why, because there were just so many things working against the defensive side of the ball this year. And like Caitlin said, you don't know if it was on the personnel or if it was on Joe Woods or if it was, it's not going to be on Andrew Barry. I'm not even going to say that, but um I trust Andrew Barry to really find someone in the offseason and to draft the right people. And, and hopefully the you know people like Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit will be back on the field. But because of how young this team is, I think they have I think they have time. So I'm willing to give Joe Woods one more year. I'm willing to give Andrew Barry the time to find the free agents to fa- to draft the people that they need to give the guys who were injured time to recover to give Joe Woods a fully healthy defensive staff that he was expecting and if he still can't do anything with it then at that point you know that it was joe woods's fault so i think that the personnel is the easier fix right now and so i say fix that Mm -hmm. then see how joe woods handles it if he can't then he's clearly not the right guy and if he does then look at that you don't have to worry about firing and hiring more personnel so i think joe woods deserves at least one more year yeah i agree and i think you know if if next year there's not you know a big improvement, then, you know, it's time to probably explore different options. Um, but, you know, I, I felt like he was sort of given a, a tough hand this year mm-hmm. and there was a lot working against him, not just, you know, people getting injured and stuff, but again, like the same problems that Stefanski had as, as far as, uh, you know, the, the limited practice time, the no preseasons to get your stuff together, like coming to a new, like this is all new. So you, you got to give, these guys a little bit of wiggle room. Now, obviously, Kevin Stefanski went above and beyond, you know, expectations. Not our expectations, but <laughs> most expectations. Um, and not everyone's Kevin Stefanski, but, you know, this Joe Woods, I'm all for giving him another year. If, you know, it's more of the same, if they're still having the same kind of problems, if they're still, you know, struggling this way, even with, you know, talent and health, then there's, there's a definite problem 
and I'm all for canning him at that point. But I think there are steps that you could take before you know something that costs someone their job. That's all. That's that's yeah. all I'm feeling. Let's I don't know. Give Joe Woods another year. I don't know. Third and long to Chad Henney. Third and long to <laughs> Trace McSorley. I mean, Listen, nobody saw it's that tough. coming. Nobody it's, saw I that mean, coming. Yeah. yeah, but it, I mean that it's but it's it's a scheme. It's it's you got like you're. I mean, week 16 against the Jets, you're still having defensive breakdowns in, in the secondary. Like, is that is that on the coaching or is that just on the players? You know what I mean? Like, like 23, like, and what I, are you I, doing? Like, you're supposed to be on the <laughs> he field. He never knew what he was as, doing. As the veteran, you're supposed to be on the field as a veteran to know what you're doing, yet you don't know what you're doing. What are we doing? Why are you on the field? Listen, what is listen. Back next year? Is he there? I I hope not. But here's the thing. He wasn't expected to even come off the bench at all this year. Like, he was planning on sitting his narrow little butt on the bench, collecting $11 million, and cheering his teammates on from the sidelines. Like, that was his plan. That was his 2020 plans. And then with all the injuries. I do have a question. His contract was, like, 2.5. Where is this $11 million? Oh, Oh, I think that's, like, career I think is the number that oh, I'm okay, pulling okay. up. But either way, he's he's making six figures, seven figures to to sit on the bench and cheer for his teammates. Like that that would those were his plans for 2020, and then they got completely rocked by COVID. <laughs> but, he's, but he's but he's but he's a like he he came in to like like teach right and to help people and get people lined Listen, up Caitlin. when he was on the Listen, field, Caitlin. and he couldn't even do that. Like, what Listen, are we Caitlin, doing? The, <laughs> I hate you. This ma- saying, you made Mike. Those... You had you had Mike Glennon looking like a. Pro Bowl quarterback, a starting quarterback in the NFL for three and a half quarters, and good thing that he became Mike Glennon, the normal Mike Glennon in that fourth quarter, because <laughs> we, we ended up barely winning that game. Like, listen, what are listen. we doing? I hate this saying, but those who can do, those who can't teach. And Andrew said Dejo can't do either, so cut him. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing he was good at was hitting our own players late. Listen. <laughs> He was also very good at growing out his mustache. Oh my god. Okay, question for you guys. Gun to your head. You can you have to keep one. Oh no. Are you keeping five one? Or are you keeping Oh, that's Sendeo? an easy one. Oh, uh, that's easy. I'm keeping Mac easily. Can I just Caitlin. take the bullet? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't just die, Caitlin. <laughs> Look, I'll take my chances and I can survive. You have I'll to take, my take one. She's They're gonna take her chances. <laughs> She's gonna take her chances at the Cleveland Clinic. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, one thousand percent. I've I've Listen. put I've put my bets in them before. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're known for their cardiovascular health, not the uh, removing a bullet from your skull health. Hey, <laughs> it's I, I guess fifty-one because he's young. Yes. Okay? I guess. Yes. Oh, that, I guess. See, you say that, and but he's under. He's already under contract. Caitlin is now he's a ar- fan. Caitlin is no, number I'm, one fan. Yeah, there you go. You know Breaking what? news on that's what I B hope. said. Caitlin is a I huge hope. fan of Matt. That's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> oh my! Caitlin the one five one. <laughs> <laughs> because he's already under contract for like three dollars. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Listen, it's the Andrew Berry special. We we love the Andrew Berry specials. I, I think at this point. Like I think Kareem Hunt will take an Andrew Berry special for the rest of his career if it means that he can stay on a winning team. I am telling you. Do you think Andrew Berry would have drafted him? Kareem Hunt? Uh, no, no, I don't think. No, not Kareem Hunt. Uh, Mac Wilson. Um, oof. 
I don't in think the fifth so. round, maybe. Yeah, like if it was one of the the higher higher drafts, because for the past few years the Browns have had, you know, top ten picks. I think last year was the first year where we had to wait until like halfway through the first round to um to get a pick. So yeah, maybe if it was like a super late round and he got it on a good deal, but first or second round he's not taking Mac Wilson. Listen, maybe he's gonna have a breakout year next year. He might. I'm and if really. He does, I'm, I'm pulling I hope, for him that so linebacker, hard. I. I mean, I. I might be a better linebacker than some of those guys. Like, and <laughs> how tall are you? I'm five two, are... dude. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you what guys if we make play me like... look like a giant? <laughs> what like so? Bree is like five one. She says she's five one. I think she's shorter than five one. So if yeah. you have Bree at like five five one in quotes. Me, me and Caitlin at 5'2". Like, there, there it is. There's your secondary right there. There you go. What <laughs> more do it. they need? You guys already... Well, no. Brie hey. has the pants. Well, That's I mean, true. I mean, here's the thing. If they have two arms and two legs, the Browns are probably interested in them when it comes to defense. <laughs> Especially defensive back. <laughs> Especially corner. So I, you know, Greedy only has one and a half arms, so it's like, you know, oh, kind of tough. Oh, poor Greedy. So... So I know uh, I see that you put Richard Sherman on the rundown, uh, uh-huh. Britt. Yeah, I would not be upset if Andrew Barry found a way to get JJ Watt. Like, cause here's the, cause here's the Listen, thing. I know I said I, well, like, I, I saw know, uh, your your boy the other day. Which one? We call him Tugboat. <laughs> <laughs> he reported that the Browns were close to getting JJ Watt. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Titanic? <laughs> the Titanic! <laughs> he is not my boy. Let's just let's be straight. I, the streets are talking. <laughs> he is so oh, Brittany. Don't you dare. Don't, <laughs> the, don't you dare with your the, fake sources over here. <laughs> the mean guy. streets of, of what? Where do you live? Westlake. Uh, <laughs> ah, Somewhere rich. Who knows? <laughs> Like, okay, so the reason I say J.J. Watt is because the the Texans came out and said specifically, we're not sure about the future of J.J. Watt. And then I think their, like, president or something resigned today. Like, that team is literally falling apart. Deshaun Watson wants out. They're not letting him out. But if they don't want to pay J.J. Watt and he becomes available, Andrew Barry has got to make a move for him. I don't think that Richard Sherman has much life left in him. Um, And I know I said the Browns' window is probably four to five years at this point. But if you bring it, man, if you bring in J.J. Watt and he plays the way J.J. Watt is supposed to play like that, your window is next year like that. That is a win now move. So I am like, give up the draft picks. Who cares? Give up everyone on the secondary except for, you know, Miles and Denzel. I don't care. Like, do what you can do to get J.J. Watt. Like if, if we're looking at veteran free agents, he's number one on my big board. Yeah, I think I like it. I think the only issue is seventeen million. He's thirty-two. Yeah, he does have he that, does have injury issues, and I feel like yeah, you could end up having the issue with with Olivier Vernon and Miles, where you never had them both peak at the same time yeah. and both be healthy. You know, like last year, uh, or you know, this past season, uh, Miles Garrett awesome gets COVID, but then Vernon starts playing lights out. And then you're starting to see it towards the end of the year, especially in that game against Pittsburgh uh, to clinch the playoff spot. And then, unfortunately, Olivier Vernon tears his Achilles, 
and you know you but you just never seen them both even even uh last year again with freddie kitchens like you just never saw them both peak at the same time which is just it's just super unfortunate um i think my like the two guys i would love um Lattimore from new orleans Ooh, you're gonna have to pay I him like that name i would mm-hmm. you know new orleans they're in cap hell um but if you can get him, you're going to have to pay him. He's due $10 million this year. Uh, he'll be unrestricted next year. So this all this all pans with you're going to pay him next year. Probably $15, $16 million, but whatever. I, it, it doesn't even matter. Or free agent from Tampa Bay, Shaq Barrett. Uh, we saw the impact that he had uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, the last two years, he's been one of the best uh, pass rushers in the league. Uh, it's just... I am. I'd rather have Lattimore to pair with Ward because I think you can, you can have a rookie defensive end opposite of Miles Garrett, and have your your corners just lock. Just have your corners lock up, you know, giving your defensive ends just a you know, a little bit more time, you know, to 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 get to the quarterback, rather than, hmm. you know, two guys where. <clears throat> two veteran defensive uh, pass rushers where it's still going to take you, what, two seconds, two and a half seconds to just get into the quarterback's face, where if mm-hmm. you at least have really good veteran corners, um, and veteran meaning playing because they're not old, you know, Marshawn's 24 <laughs> and Ward's 23. So, you know, but you know what they are, and they're Pro Bowl-type sure. caliber players. And it also gives you some insurance for Denzel Ward, who – you know, he is, he does get hurt and greedy is obviously a question mark because, you know, with a nerve injury, you just don't know. So I think that's, yeah. those are my two guys I would just, I would, I would absolutely love. I like yeah. it. I, I love those names, but yeah, with JJ Watt, I, I agree with you about the, the salary and the age. That's why I say it's a win now move. Like if they're going to bring in JJ Watt, it's got to be oh, on yeah, a one year deal. Out. Yeah. And, and if he can't, if he doesn't make an impact in that one year, you just let him go. So, but still. How much fun would that be to have J.J. Watt going against T.J. Watt twice that a year? That would be fun. And you know what? At this point, I wish that Houston would just let all these guys go. I feel like, like at you know this what? point. We've got to start over. You guys all deserve better than what you've been getting the past couple weeks. All of you. Even the scrubs. Even like the third string. You still deserve better than what we've been giving you. What so if I'm they... just going to start over <laughs> clean. Everyone goes. We'll try this again, but you know they just need to move the franchise somewhere. Yeah, like, like I know done. that. Like I know that Houston is one of the ten biggest cities in the country, but like, they they don't deserve a football team. They, they the ownership group for the for the Texans have just proven that they don't deserve their their shiny new like it's like if you buy a toddler a shiny new toy and the first thing they do is smash it against the wall. You don't want to buy that toddler <laughs> another toy. Because they're destructive. <laughs> like, the, the ownership group for the Texans literally just, I mean, it's not shiny and, and new because it's been there for a while. But, like, they literally just took it and said, okay, we're going to smash it against the wall. Like, yeah. no. It's bad. Well, didn't they get, um what's his face? The Nick something that was, like, tied into to McDaniels back when he was interviewing for the Browns. Yeah, is, uh, Nick Casario. Weird. Casario. Yeah, is, yeah. Uh, he's, 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 uh, he was, like, an assistant in, um. Uh, in New England, and yeah, he's been yes. he was tied with uh, McDaniel's with uh, for the Cleveland job last year. He was supposed to be I mean, his handpicked GM. Yeah, yeah, and you've got you've got your starting quarterback 
stirring up shit on social media because he says, I want to be traded. And then they say, well, we're not going to trade you. So then he unfollows everything on socials. And then he randomly starts. I think he was convinced that he could get to Washington because he like uh, he uh, followed the Washington football social accounts from like Twitter and Instagram. I mean, and then they, they should 100%. They like, should. I, oh my gosh, that would be wonderful. Like, I don't know if he's still following them, but like, that's what he was doing. He was just like stirring up shit on social media because it's like. I would too. Like, imagine being Deshaun Watson and like, you're so good and you're on this team that just continues to hold you back no matter how good you are. And like, I again, I said this before, like he was in like the top of so many statistics last year on a terrible team. And it's like yeah. this guy just goes out there and does his job every week and he deserves so much more than what he's getting. So why wouldn't like shame on them for not entertaining this idea. If he asked for a trade, he deserves a trade. He gave you everything. He gives you everything every Sunday. Well, he, plus like, I just I don't even know how he gets motivated to do it. Yeah, I mean, and plus they could they could trade him to a team like the Jets or you know, a team that has one of those high high draft picks and they could go after mm. So, uh, a quarterback in the draft you know so it's there are options I don't know why they're hanging on to him so tightly like it, it's just you know when you're on the playground and you've got the only working Tamagotchi left and I'm just I just dated myself <laughs> with that reference but like you don't play with this Tamagotchi because you keep smashing your Tamagotchis against the wall and then you still have this one that's like hanging on for dear life, but you don't want to give it up, even though everyone on the playground is saying like, hey, give it to us. We'll take care of it. Like, I want a Tamagotchi. I want yours. And I'm going to make sure that I like feed it and clean up after it and give it a loving home. It's going to turn up to be it's going to grow up to be a big, scary monster. <laughs> Tamagotchi. <laughs> Deshaun Watson is a Tamagotchi or whatever Aww. toy is popular among fifth graders right now. I don't know. Do they still make those? I, I don't know. I'm going to have... I want one now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I, had a Tamagotchi in so long. I now think, I'm Googling it. Let's see. <laughs> you might get one off of eBay. I think my mom might still have the one. I never got a Tamagotchi. We weren't fancy. I got the knockoff version. Oh, you got like the Nano Pets and the Giga Pets? Yes. Yeah, I had a Giga Pet. <laughs> we, 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 we got the poor people special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All the rich kids. That's kind of like Apple phones and uh, like Samsung. Like all the rich kids had the Tamagotchis and then like, you know, they have the Apple and then we just graduated into different technologies. That's so like true. poor people still have Samsung. And, you know, I had the Giga Pets and the Nano Pets too because my parents were like, we're not spending $20 on a Tamagotchi. $20. <laughs> I mean, $20 was a lot of money in 1997. Like, $20 would change my life. <laughs> All right, All right, let's get back to sports. Yes. So, you know, we were going to get into the Super Bowl, but really the only question that I have that I think matters is, do we think the Browns could have beat the Buccaneers? Because this as year, I was watching this game, I'm no. like, you know. No. no. So I don't, I don't think so. Not this year, just because, like, if you looked at the next-gen stats for Tom Brady, he literally never moved out of the pocket. Like, he stayed, like, not, and not just, like, he wasn't even in like the regular pocket you know that like little mini pocket on the inside of your jeans that's the pocket that he was in like he <laughs> never moved and i don't think that our defense would have been able to get through that offensive line to touch him like there's just they would not have been able to get anywhere near him and for the way that gronk was playing 
they wouldn't have been able to catch up and stop Gronk either. So I think the the Browns' offense was Super Bowl-worthy this year. I don't think the Browns would have beaten the Buccaneers because of the defense alone. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, Gronk, um, Cameron Brait, their running game, and then, oh, you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, yes. Antonio Brown. Yes. We have Denzel Ward and Ronnie Harrison and MJ Stewart. Like, no, it's not going to yeah. happen. <laughs> no. It just, no. It just, just is no. what it is. It just is what it is. Like, like that's why I just wasn't I, – I wasn't – I, I wasn't upset that we lost against the Chiefs. I'm I'm more upset like like the one Achilles our Achilles heel all year was getting off the field on third and fourth down. If we weren't creating turnovers, we weren't getting off the field, and that's exactly what happened. You know, third and long, you give up. You know, I mean, it's just like third and fourteen. If you give up ten yards, they probably punt, but you gave up fourteen to make it fourth and inches. And people who said that was a gutsy call, it wasn't. Stop. It, it was not a gutsy <laughs> call. You're going to make that. You're going to do that 100 times out of 100. I don't care if you have Chad Henney at quarterback. He could throw a nice little, you know, rollout to to the inside slot receiver to Tyreek Hill because, mm-hmm. I mean, they just weren't paying attention. They didn't care. Yeah. Like they, I don't want to say they didn't care, but they just weren't paying attention. You know, you had third and four, and you had a miscommunication, and – you you let the running back get five yards on third and four the like a couple plays before like you had multiple third down opportunities to get stops and you just didn't which is why punting on fourth and nine was smart I don't you were going up against Chad Henney not not Pat Mahomes like stop yes it's okay hundred percent. Sorry, I tend to rant. <laughs> like, I, I think, you know, I think it's fair to, to think that the Browns could have made it to the Super Bowl this year. Like, they're, they oh, had the so. opportunities. Yeah, there, there's no doubt in my mind that the Browns had the ability to get to the Super Bowl this year. You know, they just, there were a few missteps, like Caitlin said, in, in the Kansas City game that they just couldn't recover from. But yeah, I just, and, and I'm not saying this because, like, I've, because I don't have faith in the Browns. I'm just knowing the way they've played all season and knowing the way um, Tom Brady plays and the way the Buccaneers have been playing. I just, I don't think the Browns defense would have been able to stand up to that. And, you know, and it's, I don't want to say that it's not an indictment on the defense, but it is a little bit. I mean, it's also, you're going up against the best quarterback of all time. You're going up against the best NFL. You're you're going up against the best player of all time. He's the best best drinker. No, 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 no. But he's, he's a lightweight a, with his avocado a, tequila. <laughs> Listen, but, I saw that video today and I felt it in my soul. Like, I have been Tom Brady and that's the only time I've ever, like, compared to Tom Brady in anything. Brittany, is that I, video of him not drinking. <laughs> Brittany, I'm pretty sure I have carried you out of bars like that before. <laughs> It happens. What you you know, it's do? okay. It's it's okay. We we don't judge. Like, yeah. but I really want to try avocado tequila now. Like, I could I, not. That I makes could, me want to throw up just thinking about it. I just I avocado like here's a, tequila. Oh no, it the, sounds it sounds nasty as shit. But I just I want to try it because I'm so curious. Like, I need to find a bar somewhere that I can literally just go be like, hey, let me like I don't even want a full shot. Just give me like a taste because I don't. I'm like a full shot would make me puke probably. But I I want to know. What That's is probably going to be the name of a play next season. <laughs> was, was, he <laughs> was, he, was, was he just memeing? Was he just memeing, though? Was it, is it actually avocado tequila, though? 
I don't know. Well, that was the video that I don't, I mean, it probably wasn't him. I don't think he was coherent enough to tweet. I think it was uh, whoever he, <laughs> I think it was just whoever he hired to manage it. Because here's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, Tom Brady, he's so good at social media. I think he hired someone to run his Twitter account. I don't think he's that's him. He's hilarious. No, Those he's videos not. He are so he good. He's not funny. He is, he's a, he is he's funny. lame and he's a dork. He no. is funny in a dad that's way, the which funny is my part. favorite humor. Yes. I just, I think there is somebody running his Twitter account for him, and that's why it's so good. Like, that's why his you know Twitter how, is so good. Do you know how baller you got to be to have somebody run your Twitter account and be, like, really, really good? Like, um, like he probably, he had that History Channel meme created. Like, that is impressive. <laughs> that to, have a, to have Wait, a meme guy, like, that you, is, like, you you're the, the goat if you have a meme guy. That thing? Did you see the other day when it, it, he tweeted about um, the first video game he was in versus the the latest one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he he quote tweeted that photo of that sketch of him in court. <laughs> <laughs> see, he I was just so quick about it too. See, I just don't think that Tom Brady is creative enough to think of that kind of tweet. I, that's why I think because here's the thing: if you look at a lot of the bigger brands that have really good Twitter accounts, like Wendy's and um, brands like that who just have so much Stakums. fun with each other yeah Stakums they hu- friggin woke dude that is they awesome. they hire comedians to run those twitter accounts like they that's not you know like let's pay some social media intern 15 dollars an hour to run no no like these are like actual comedians that probably went through second city in chicago like that's that's why these twitter accounts are so good i'm convinced that tom brady has some struggling actor actress writer in Hollywood, comedian, like someone who's going to be like a future John Mulaney, but hasn't gotten his break yet. Like that's who's running his Twitter account. Like Tom Brady is not witty enough to come up with that stuff by himself. I want to not he, believe you on this. He like, only, you're probably right, but I don't want to believe it. He, are you underestimating that, like, in, Tom Brady like people did on He Sunday? only cares. <laughs> he only cares about football and cherry juice. Okay. That's all he cares about. He doesn't, he, he wants his supplements his his football and his cherry juice that's the only things that tom brady has on his mind like i think he forgets during football season i think he forgets that he has a wife and children it was like like after the new orleans game he's like oh yeah that's right let me see my son hey son like he forgets because he's so laser focused on football Imagine that's why he's married to giselle and fine dining and breathing <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, that's that's why Tom Brady is so good at what he does is because he's obsessive about football that he like when you talk about live, eat, breathe football, Tom Brady is that definition. So I don't think that someone who is that laser focused on their career has time for social media. Right. Get that avocado tequila. Yes. OK, guys. Before we're done for the evening. We need to have the great debate. Let me go Let get my me rice ask cakes. you first. Hold on, Meredith. Mm-hmm. Okay, earlier today, Twitter post they posed the question: Who was your favorite baseball player from two thousand five to two thousand eight? Oh my god, Meredith. Probably who was okay. Yours? Miguel I'm, Tejada. I'm excited was up for there. this. I'm excited. Like, I I I loved Miguel Tejada. Like him. Probably Brian Roberts, I would say, were some of my tops from that time. Because 2005 to 2008 was a very strange year for me. Because, so I grew up watching and cheering for and being a diehard fan of the Baltimore Orioles because they were the closest 
major league baseball team by proximity to where I was, which, you know, Southeast DC, the Nats didn't come to DC until 2005, I believe. So yeah. I had this like trans and then, you know, and then I went to college. So I wasn't living in DC when, you know, when the Nats were, were, were up and coming in the city. And so I had this weird transition like period from like 2005 to 2010 of wanting to stick with my childhood team, but also realizing like, Hey, my home city has a baseball team now. So I probably didn't fully transition over to being an obnoxious Nats fan until probably like 2012. So yeah, like 05 to 08, it was all Baltimore Orioles for me. It was, you know, Brian Roberts, it was Miguel Tejada, like all of them. Like I was, I even like Melvin Mora and I don't remember I was just going to say but Melvin I just, like, Mora. I just like, I don't remember why <laughs> I liked Ponson. Melvin Mora. Yes. Oh my God. And I Omar Dahl. Yes. And then uh, Sammy Sosa was on that team for like five minutes too in like 2005. Was? Yeah, I think so. If I remember correctly, 2005 was a fuzzy year. But yeah, those those are my like I would say Tahada and um, B Rob were like my my favorite baseball players from that era and that you know strictly Baltimore Orioles. Damn, I thought we were gonna talk about the Nats like their infancy like Christian Guzman and Jose Vigo no. and Brad Wilkerson. I really like I really wasn't like fully transitioned to being a hundred percent a Nats fan. Like I said, like like two thousand. I think it's because like at the time I was working at the fan in DC and I think like that was the year that that we got the broadcasting rights for the Nats and I was like okay I mean I still like I still like low-key root for the Orioles sometimes but honestly like because I live in Cleveland and because I want to see success for Cleveland teams like honestly if it's the Indians versus the Orioles I'm probably rooting for the Indians and, and don't tell my brother that that will upset him because he never let go of the Orioles like still to this day he's never lived in Baltimore le- never lived in Maryland a day in his life but he is still diehard Orioles fans but um yeah like modern day if the Indians are going up against the Orioles I'm lo- I'm rooting for the Indians more just because I would much rather see that team have success Aww, so nice <laughs> I try all right, Caitlin. Hello, how's it going? <laughs> now, you and I... Okay, so tell everyone who your favorite baseball player was in this era. Okay, so if I had to pick one player, it had to be Grady Sizemore. I mean, what girl didn't love Grady Sizemore during 2005 to 2008? I mean, I remember the signs. You know, I, I mean, the size I was like, in 6th, 7th grade, and like... Every girl loved him. They had Grady's ladies in the bleachers. They had Grady's grannies in the bleachers. Like, everybody loved Grady Sizemore. I mean, do you you remember the the signs that said, um, Sizemore matters? I remember those signs. I mean, and like, let's just be for real. Like, he was a a killer player. I mean, it for for four years, he missed nine games. He went back to back uh, 162 and and 06 and 07, three time All Star. I mean, like, he was in in today's MLB like he's he's up there he he'd be up there with you know Christian Yelich and, and Mike Trout to be you know yep. defensively wow. he was awesome what? you know I just I, I how do you not know how do you how do you not I mean it's crazy size more I mean who do you want me he to was... say Jody Garrett like I love Jody he Garrett was... and I guess I have a thing for left-handed hitting outfielders because it's Jody Sizemore. Garrett I think that's a that's a pretty good comparison because it's Jody because they Garrett. both just like petered out. <laughs> Into nothing. <laughs> yeah, he was at least a three-time All-Star. Like, come on. 
okay, Grady Sizemore was like the best, the best of, well, no, he was like the worst of the best five tool players there ever was. Like he was great until he wasn't. And then he just disappeared into nothingness because he could never stay healthy. I, and when you I, blame, think, I think you can blame Sizemore, Eric like, Wedge for that. No, it's just okay, he, he it's, wasn't built for it. He wasn't built to last. Okay, so is my is my like judgment messed up because I'm looking at pictures of Grady Sizemore right now. I just don't think he's that good looking. Like I feel like okay. that's Can you also look at pictures of Victor Martinez, who is the only <laughs> correct answer here because <laughs> not only was he built to last, Caitlin, and he lasted. Oh my a god. Long time. <laughs> Oh, I'm looking. This is not the baseball player. This is a bodybuilder. Oh yeah, don't look at the bodybuilder. It's very scary. <laughs> no wonder. No wonder Victor Martinez baseball was part of was one of the autocompletes. <laughs> yeah, that bodybuilder is terrifying. Oh, that is not Victor Martinez. <laughs> I, I don't see it. I don't see it with him either. Like, because if you're if you're looking at a baseball player that brings in the ladies because of his looks that like have the you know the greatest ladies the size more matters like the, those types of things. Like, he's okay looking. Like, he's not ugly, but, you know, he's not Ryan Gosling. Come on. Listen, there was a Victor's Vixens group, okay? It it was me, but it <laughs> existed. <laughs> it, was, it was me. I was the group, but, like, I had a wife beater that said it, and oh I gosh. went to the game. And actually, oh, that game that I went to... It was um, like 2006, and it was my it was right around my graduation, and of high school. I'm not that old. I'm old, not that old. But I went to the game to like celebrate with my friends, and I had my victors. And they put me on the screen to do like this um, giveaway for Bed Bath and Beyond. I had to answer questions, which I don't know if you guys know this, but sometimes they give you the answers to these questions. Oh my god, so, do like, they really? You know, yeah, like the, the the woman like fed me all the answers to it. Oh my god, so that's won, kind of awesome though. I was I won all this money that I wouldn't have known anyway because it was about like um, the price of things at grocery stores, which me at seventeen had no idea what anything costs. So yeah, but no, I got on there and I was like, oh my god, what if Victor sees me? He's gonna fall in love with me just right here. Never happened. But the moral of the story is Victor's vixen lives on. I am alive <laughs> still. <laughs> And we I need... still have that wife beater somewhere. I was about to say, do we need to call Jenna and get her to make you a Victor's Vixens shirt? <laughs> Best time of my life. Part maybe. of the part of the Cleveland retro series. Oh <laughs> Invent the Beleza and style Etsy shop. <laughs> I mean, but anyway, the bottom he's, line here he's attractive. Is... I could I could see why you were in love with Victor Martinez. Like he's I'm, I'm he's still got that in love stare. with Victor Martinez. There's no was. I will <laughs> I will be in love with Victor Martinez till the day I die. He's got it's... that he's got that look about him. So you remember I, you guys have seen The Sandlot, right? Yes. yes. Of course. Like it's the greatest baseball movie of all time. But like when I was little, um, probably like fifth or sixth grade, and I was just starting to realize that like boys existed. I had the biggest crush on Benny the Jet Rodriguez, like the young version, oh, yeah. when I was yes. like 10. Like that's, I'm getting Benny the Jet vibes from these pictures of Victor Martinez when he was with the Indians. Um, Thank you. That's like the best compliment you could ever give a man, <laughs> Benny the Jet Rodriguez. <laughs> those, those, are, those are the vibes I'm getting. I love it. So yeah. Um, so I think I won the debate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how debates are scored. <laughs> Oh, uh, they would just uh, scream yeah. at each other and nobody wins. And yeah. that's 
That's, that's exactly the how it debate works. in America, I think. I literally just watched the debate episode of Community too yesterday. Oh my the god, man, man, is, too. man is good. Man is good. Man is good. Man is evil. <laughs> <laughs> that's like what this feels like right now. Yes, that's it. All right, so I think that will be it. Did you have one yeah. more question for Caitlin? I do, but I don't know if I want to get into it now just because it's we've been doing this for like an hour now and I wanted to keep it a little bit shorter. Sure. Okay. Um, well, that just means that, Caitlin, if we didn't scare you off, please come back. Um, yeah. No, I want to have like a whole episode about this whole thing, I think, did, sometime soon. Uh, did I scare you guys off? Is that, That's really oh, the never. question. Never. My, like, I, Caitlin, I don't want this to sound weird or anything, but I love arguing with you. It is so much fun. Well, Isn't it the best? Like, because nobody ever gets mad. Yeah, That's exactly. That's what's good about it. Yeah. Like, we can go back and forth and nobody ever gets mad about it. Well, because everybody, imagine. Well, because everybody has valid points, you know, and everyone's arguments are rooted in fact. And that's what yes. happens, you yes. know, when you have well thought out arguments. Nobody gets mad because everybody respects each other. Well, yes. that and it's like it's nothing's ever that serious, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like you have an argument, but like you, know, you crack a joke in between, so it's like, like what are you gonna do? Get mad at a joke? Like I don't know. You're gonna get mad at Grady's ladies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, are you gonna? Is your gang gonna come after mine, Caitlin? Because um, Grady's ladies gonna charge. Look, Victor I didn't. Vixen. Look, I'm just saying. Like he, of like he was the best player on the Indians at that time. So. Like he was my favorite. He was. There's no doubt. Like as far as like five to like he was. He he was exceptional. Like really, he you know, just, my favorite you know. players are Jody Garrett, uh, Sizemore, I guess, Michael Brantley, you and guess. Tyler Na- and Tyler Naquin. Again, Na- I have. Oh, I guess I Naquin. have something for left-handed hitting outfielders. I don't know. <laughs> Caitlin has a type. <laughs> <laughs> I only like Hispanic players. So how's that? I like Victor. Victor's my favorite. Um, Fausto was one of my favorites. Obviously. Um, Who? Oh, excuse me. How dare you? <laughs> you mean you mean, you mean Roberto Hernandez Fausto forever? Mean... How dare you? I will hang up right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, I think that that about does it. We're gonna have Caitlin back to talk about something very important that was originally on the rundown, but I kind of want Bree here for this one too. Yes, more I think for sure. About it, because I think it's something that um. We sort of touched on in our women in sports thing, but you know we want to get more into it within the next couple of weeks. So, Caitlin, we want you to come back uh, on soon if you're down with that. Yes. Anytime. You, you look, I'm I'm ready to you know play left field or right field or whatever. Oh, you're ready to you're ready to to, to be our Grady Sizemore. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No, no. I like I said, you know the. The super utility player, or am I just the matchup righty? Am I Raphael Betancourt? Like, <gasps> oh, now you're tugging at my heartstrings, Rafi. <laughs> and Rafi Perez, remember him? I yeah, Ra- him Rafi Perez. Are we? <gasps> am, am I part of the bullpen mafia? Is is this what is this what Uh-oh. we're doing? I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, you know what? I think that's perfect. You are. I'm you are but I'm like not one mafia. of the good ones. I'm like Jeremy Cardo <laughs> or something. You know, Dan Wheeler. Uh, I think for like I want to say you you're only our second repeat guest on the podcast. Like we've had Cami on more than once, and you're the only other person that we've had on more than once. So yes, and we're gonna have her on a third time in the next you know couple episodes. You know, and and Cami's always gonna come back because she's you know she's one of our ladies. So yeah, yes. whether you like it or not, Caitlin, you're one of our ladies too. Sorry, yeah. So- <laughs> Sounds like a good, uh, you know, business decision to to add me to the group. 
Heck yeah. <laughs> You're already in the group. Stop it. You are one of one of us. One, one of, of us. us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies. So that wraps it up. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we're available on Spotify, Apple. Sorry, Bree usually does this, so I'm not very good at it. It's okay. Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Um, share, retweet, write a review. We don't get a lot of reviews, so write one of those, please. Like, even yeah. if we stink, just let us know. You could actually no, don't do that. <laughs> okay, so if you, okay, I've said this if before. If you hate us, just be nice anyway. Uh, I think you can find the address for our PO box on our website, girlgangcle.com. So yeah. if you want to send hate mail, the only way we accept hate mail is handwritten letters sent through the U.S. Postal Service. So yes. that's how you can send us hate mail. The P.O. box is on our website. And then if you want to write a review, you can do that on uh, on Apple iTunes. I believe you can also do that on Spotify. Um, and yeah, our Twitter account, right? It's what at girlgangcle as well. Yes, and that's where I will be tweeting this link out tomorrow because my Twitter is currently deactivated, so I will be using Girl Gang Lee. There you go. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Talk to you next week. Bye.